Uh, but last, we've been, we've been talking about uh, the subject, unwrapping uh, the gift. And uh, the crazy thing is, when I started doing this, um, unwrapping the gift, you kind of think you know what you're going to unwrap, and uh, there's, there's more to it. Can you believe there's more to the Holy Ghost than what you thought? Um, so I had, uh, I had a few more things, but I th- I, we're just going to stick to a couple points here this morning. Uh, but just a quick review of last week so I can remember what we talked about since it seems so long ago for me. But we started uh, looking at this subject, unwrapping the gift, looking at the Holy Ghost and its work in my life. Uh, we understand that the Holy Ghost, we know, is an essential part of the new birth experience. Then I cannot, in fact, I was reading some verses this week, I can't even understand God, we're going to look at that in just a minute too, without the Holy Ghost. Now that, that, can, get, that can get a little bit uh, um, cloudy there as we begin to think about what that means. But without the Holy Ghost, Scripture tells me that my mind is still blinded and I cannot understand the things that I need to know about God. And so the Holy Ghost does something though. I can understand intellectually things about God, but the Holy Ghost allows me to know God in a way that I cannot know by myself. And so my, my initial, and then we talked about how our initial experience of receiving the Holy Ghost is a fixed moment in time. You know where you were, you know, uh, well hopefully you know where you were. <coughs> um, you probably know what age you were, some people may know the exact date that they received the Holy Ghost, and that is a fixed moment in time. That's not something that will be repeat, repeated Uh, And and we can point to that. But my experience with the Holy Ghost should be an ongoing one. While my initial experience is is a fixed moment that won't change, my experience with the Holy Ghost should be a continuing process in my life. That means I should be growing in the Holy Ghost. Uh, Hopefully I've grown more in the Holy Ghost than the day that I received the Holy Ghost. And we talked about two different ways that you can treat a gift. And those people are represented here in this place today. There's those that when they receive the gift, they carefully unwrap it, taking the tape off. Uh, oh, man, I hate when things pop in my head like that. How many of you had, I won't say it was my mother, how many of you had um, like a grandma or a relative that wanted you to save the bows? <laughs> Can't throw a gift bag away. Or even so close that you have to carefully peel the tape off. So you could even reuse the wrapping paper. Now, we won't ask how many of you uh, use pencil when you fill out a card. So, (laughs) uh, we we won't ask that. But there's two ways you can open a gift. You can do it very carefully so that you don't damage the packaging. And then when you get that packet, whatever it is, that toy or whatever it was, you keep it safe, you keep it secure, you put it away somewhere that it won't get damaged or you put it up on a shelf because... Uh, you place value on that item and looking at it, and you also have the idea that someday those Beanie Babies will be worth a lot if they're kept in mint condition. And someone will buy them, like my oldest child. So, uh, and then you have other people that when they get a gift, they rip it open, they shred the packaging, they do all that stuff because they want to get to the item to use it. They don't want the A-team uh, figures that they got for Christmas to be kept so that 35 years later they could sell them on eBay for a higher price. No, they want to play with Mr. T right now. 
I bought uh, some 18 figures for, my, for Isaac when he was about four years old because I thought everyone needs some 18 figures, even though he has no idea what the A-team is. And some poor soul had done that. They had kept the pack. I bought mint condition in the packaging, everything. You know what we did when we got them? I mean, it was old packaging from the 80s. That's, sorry that said that the 80s are old. Man, we ripped into those and those things. I couldn't even tell you where they are now. Some, somebody had saved those for someday and we just destroyed them. So we have the two ways that you can treat a gift. And, and, and I would challenge you with the Holy Ghost that it's not something that is supposed to be uh, just looked at, something that's supposed to be treasured in the sense that we just keep it pristine, neat, but it's something that you and I are supposed to use in our life. We understand that we are now the temple of God. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost, but we are not designed so that we are merely a holding place for the Holy Ghost. You and I have been given this dynamic power. Something that is greater than the world has ever seen. Something that scripture tells us the angels look down in envy. They rejoice when someone gets the Holy Ghost, when, uh, when someone repents. But when someone gets the Holy Ghost, that's something that they, they have not experienced. And so it tells us they look down on us and desire what we have. That's what you and I have this morning. And so this constant, this, this, this power inside of us is something that should constantly be affecting us, constantly growing with us, and constantly drawing us into a closer relationship as well. We also looked at how that sometimes we view it a little bit different, how that sometimes we think in our minds, I just need to get some more of the Holy Ghost. And while that, you may want to say that to someone else, they just need more of the Holy Ghost, uh, we looked at when we receive the Holy Ghost, we are given the fullness of the Holy Ghost when we receive it. We are not given a peace uh, because then God would have to judge who's worthy of what peace. No, He gives us the Holy Ghost. And when we get the Holy Ghost, we have the Holy Ghost. Rather, it's, it, it becomes more of an issue about how much of the Holy, the Holy Ghost has of us. How much am I willing to unwrap of this free gift that God has given me? Because I'm not just given a piece and I pray and I get a little bit more and I get a little bit more. No, I believe that I receive the fullness of the Holy Ghost. And if I'm not walking in the fullness of the Holy Ghost, it's not God's fault, it's mine. Unfortunately. I wish it was His fault because then I could blame Him. But it's not. It's my fault. We also mentioned that many times the reason we are afraid to unwrap more of the gift, to step out in what God wants us to do through His Spirit, is really because of a fear of failure, and we talked about how in the natural sense, we don't fear failure near as much as we do in the spiritual sense. We don't take one uh, swing of the bat, and because it was a strike and we missed the ball, we quit for the rest of our lives. No, that's not how we operate. We keep trying. We keep practicing. In the same way, when I step out in the Spirit, I may make some mistakes. I may have some things that don't quite work out, but I cannot grow unless I step out and try, and there may be failure. Theodore Roosevelt, the quote that he made was, it's not the critic who counts, nor the man who points out how, how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, who at best knows in the end triumph of great achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. And here's the line that gets me, so that his place will never be with those cold, timid souls who know neither victory or defeat. You see, unwrapping the gift is about that right there. That there's people that if you were honest with yourself, you don't know victory or defeat. 
Now that's good because I don't know defeat, but on the other hand, can I really say that I'm victorious? Or do I just say that I'm not defeated? There's a difference. And that's what we're looking at, how that sometimes with our Holy Ghost, we receive the Holy Ghost, we speak in tongues, we understand that it's a part of our salvation experience, but really we've stagnated in our growth of the Holy Ghost. You see, Scripture tells us that we are not like a lake. And many of us, that's how we uh, uh, think of the Holy maybe we don't think of it, but it's how the Holy Ghost works in us, that we are a holding place for the Holy Ghost like a lake. However, Scripture tells me that I am not supposed to be like a lake, a holding place. I am supposed to be like a river. It's supposed to come out of me like a river. That means that there is a constant flow of something coming in of me and something coming out of me. I'm not stagnated. We talked about the parable of the talents, and we mentioned the one who buried his talent. And we also talked about that there was a day of reckoning. How that I can bury the power of the Holy Ghost in my life. And we use this to talk about abilities and, and talents and things like that. But speaking of the Holy Ghost, how much of the Holy Ghost have I buried in my own life? And there's a day of reckoning that's coming. When God will judge my works. He will judge my works. We read from 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that those people in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 are saved. It's not a question of heaven or hell, yet what they have done will be judged. What they have buried, that will be judged. And so I want to make sure that I'm not burying the Holy Ghost in my life because I'm afraid of what may happen. I'm afraid of the risk that may be involved. I'm afraid of what the master may say if I misuse it or don't do it right. I need to be willing to step out, and that will come later on. It was supposed to be in this lesson, but hey, not right now. And we looked at, the, the last thing that we looked about was how uh, the first way that the Holy Ghost is talked about, that Jesus says, is that it will be a comforter. And so we took a few moments to unwrap some of the comfort that the Holy Ghost provides. This is not all of it. Uh, I don't know how long the lesson would be uh, to e exhaustively study the Holy Ghost. There's a whole, there's books written about it, whatever, so we're not going to cover it all. But these three areas are ones that we looked at. We looked at Ecclesiastes and how he said, uh, there's a time for everything in Ecclesiastes 3. There's a time to, to plant, there's a time to reap, there's a time for all of these things. And then he said, uh, uh, in, the, in the next chapter, he said, I, I, I looked and I saw the, the oppressed and they had no comforter. I looked and I saw the oppressor and they had no comforter either. That in, in the midst of all the times going on, amidst the ups and the downs, whether you were poor, whether you were rich, there was one common thread. Is that at some point, those people all ended up alone because of what life had thrown to them. And so the challenge was, is that the Holy Ghost can comfort us right now, today, in the middle of our life. Because life will go up, life will go down. Times will come, times will go. And, and, and things may stay, things may leave. People may come and people may go. But in the middle of it, I have the comfort of the Holy Ghost that is supernatural beyond any of that. So I can have comfort right now. We also looked how that uh, uh, we, can, we can sometimes uh, allow our shame and regret to cloud us. We read from Lamentations how that Jerusalem, it speaks of them how that they were just in shame and regret because they had been taken into captivity. And they had no comforter in the middle of all that. And the challenge was is that through repentance, the Lord can do a work in my shame and regret and guilt, that I can have comfort in those areas of my life. That, that, that 
When I, I come to the Lord and repent and allow His Spirit to begin to work in me, I understand that my sins are forgiven, but I also need to understand that there is now no condemnation in my life, which means the Spirit can work in my shame, my regret, and my guilt. And those are the things that hold us back many times because I still don't think, even though I know the Lord's forgiven me, I still don't think I'm worthy. You never will be. You never will be. So if that's the case, then you're never worthy enough to do anything for God. So why does God even call people? Because there's no one worthy. Well, we know that's not the case. It's a work of the Spirit that it can reach into those areas of my life that torment me daily and bring comfort in my life. And then lastly, we looked how the Holy Ghost comforts me because it reminds me of what is waiting for me. We understand that the Holy Ghost is just the down payment of what God has in store for me in heaven. And that when I'm in the middle of circumstances, when I'm in the middle of troubles, that the Holy Ghost is a comfort to me because it reminds me of where I am going. That no matter what is happening in my life, no matter what is taking place, I can always know that home is calling to me. I can always know that the Spirit of God has reserved a place for me in heaven if I continue to walk in His ways. And this week we're going to unwrap just a few more things that the Holy Ghost can do for us in our lives. And we begin by reading from John's writing in John chapter 14 and verse 26. It says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. We find that there's two things mentioned in this passage that the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, can do for us. The first thing is that the Holy Ghost is given to us, the Comforter is given to us to teach us. And I know I've talked about this before, so I'm going to try and not spend a whole lot of time on it. But the Holy Ghost is sent to teach you and I. That word teach means to instruct, to impart instruction, to instill doctrine, to explain, or to expound. Now there's people that sit in this place today and you understand what it's like to be taught by the Holy Ghost. There's people in this place that you heard, and, and you may even have read in the Bible, you read issues or, or, or things of holiness, things of doctrine that you didn't quite understand. And even though someone tried to explain it to you, you just couldn't grasp it. When all of a sudden you were just reading one day, or all of a sudden you were just thinking one day, and you just got it. You just got it. You're like, well, why didn't I see that before? Well, because Scripture tells us we're just like dumb sheep. That's why. All of us. <laughs> But that, that's how the Holy Ghost can teach us. It can show us things, whether it's doctrinally, it can show us things in the Word. That's why you can be reading your Bible and you can be, have, be reading a passage that you've read 50 times before. And all of a sudden you look at a verse and you say, man, I've never thought of that before. That is the Holy Ghost that can teach you all things. Now understand that this, uh, there's, there's plenty of scripture that this does not negate the body of Christ. This does not negate uh, the ministries that God has put in the church. This does not negate teaching of the church. And yet there is this aspect, so I, I, can't, I can't just say it's just the Holy Ghost. No, because there's plenty of Bible for all the rest. But what would happen if all of a sudden in my, in my life... I would take the church, I would take the teaching and preaching that I hear, I would take books that I read or whatever, and also combine it with the power of the Holy Ghost to teach me. I wonder what things the Lord would want to show me in my life. I wonder what the Spirit wants to teach me in my life. You see, because it's a lot easier to get it from somewhere else. 
It's a lot easier for someone just to tell me rather than for me to try and sit down and figure things out and pray about it. Oh, man, because then when you pray about it, you might not get the answer right away. Let me just go Google that instead. You want to know something about the Lord? Just type it into Google. Sermon Central will come up. There's a bunch of things that will come up. And, and you just need to be careful. <laughs> Because it could be someone like Todd Stratton sitting on the other side of that computer. <laughs> and that's the crazy thing. Well, I'm, I don't mean, to, well, I'm just, I do mean, I guess. <laughs> you, there's people that can hear what the preacher has to say, and you know the person in the pulpit. But you'll get online, and you don't have a clue who that person is, and you'll take it as gospel truth. Just because they're writing about something spiritual, and... and and it starts to tickle your ear a little bit. See, that's the problem. I'll, I'll be like Cooper. It starts to tickle your ear just a little bit. That's the problem. I've been on some things, man, and it just gets to be a rabbit hole after a while. I don't need the internet just to teach me. I need the Holy Ghost to teach me in my life. It can reveal things in my life. So when I received the Holy Ghost, when I, and you probably didn't realize this when you began to speak in tongues for the first time, because some of you may just have, you didn't even know what in the world was going on. But when I get the Holy Ghost, I get a built-in teacher. Like Siri. No, not like Siri. Better. I get a built-in teacher in my life. Someone that can lead me. Someone that can guide me. In fact, Scripture says, will lead and guide you into all truth. And the thing is, it says that it will teach you in all things. I looked up just to make sure all things means everything. I wanted to make sure it wasn't a specific category. So, I mean, it, it, gives, no, it gives no limits on that. So, I don't know what the Lord wants to teach you, but according to this verse, it's possible for someone just to get up and the Holy Ghost give them the knowledge how to set up all the sound. It says all things. Or it could help you understand mysteries of the scripture. It could be anything. But it can teach you all things. Why? Because God knows everything. And if it can't teach you everything, then you don't have the fullness of God. Now, I don't know how much you want to try. You know, I don't know if you want to go home and tell your wife, hey, I'm cooking for the next week. The Spirit's going to lead me. <laughs> she might have something to say after the first meal. But it can teach us things. Now, there's several verses that speak about the Holy Ghost being a teacher. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 20 says, But ye have an unction from the Holy One. That is an anointing from the Holy One, and ye know all things. He's speaking to believers. that, that we, we pray for the anointing, we pray for this, and I understand some of the terms and the ways that we use that. But understand, when I receive the Holy Ghost, I have an anointing upon my life. And so many times we're busy praying for an anointing. And again, I understand sometimes we mean it of a ministry or things like that. But every person that has the Holy Ghost has an anointing upon their life. You need to walk like you're anointed. We walk around in shame with our head hanging down. And we have an anointing, not just of any. We have one from the Holy One, from God Himself. And it says, Angie, know all things. So this anointing is tied to my knowledge that the Holy Ghost teaches me. The Holy Ghost can teach anything to me if I let it. I wonder how much stuff in my life I struggle with, how many questions I have in my life that I struggle with, and it really comes down to the fact that I'm not letting the Holy Ghost teach me. 
You see, I want to go get counseling. I want to go talk to someone about this. I want to go unpack it with someone. There, let's get modern. modern. I want to unpack this with somebody. I don't want to see your dirty drawers. No. Um, but I wonder how much if we would simply pray about it. You see, the old timers, I think, had it more right than we like to give them credit for. You just need to pray through. Why don't you just get, get, get the Holy Ghost working in you again and see what you might learn about all these situations that you don't know, that you don't understand, that I can't get this, I can't get that. And the Holy Ghost says, I can teach you anything. One of the greatest examples of this is Peter on the day of Pentecost. Here, here's this unlearned fisherman. Okay, He is not Paul. He does not have master's degrees. He has not studied the law. And he gets up on the day of Pentecost... And, and we think of Peter as this, I, 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 we know he's not polished, we know he's not whatever, but yet somehow that message on the day of Pentecost, we think, man, he's this polished product. Underst- if you need to read Peter's message, he's quoting from the Old Testament, he's drawing parallels from Joel to what has just happened right now that nobody else in the history of the world has drawn. He's a theologian at this point. And then somebody asks him, what must we do to be saved? And he says, all right, you want to know? Here's a plan of salvation. There you go. You need to repent, be baptized, and fill the Holy Ghost. Let me remind you that at this point, he's had the Holy Ghost about five minutes. I don't know exactly how long, but it wasn't even a full day. It was within hours. If you want to talk about a new convert, and he is, he is comparing Old Testament prophecies with what has just happened to him. And, and a new convert lays out the plan of salvation for the world. And he's ignorant, Scripture tells us. He's unlearned. That's why people were amazed. Don't tell me the Holy Ghost can't do anything. The Holy Ghost can do anything. That's why when the Holy Ghost calls me to do something, I know I can't do it. Just deal with that fact. Get over that fact. He, well... You know you can't do it. Just step out in faith and believe that the Holy Ghost can give you the words to speak, can give you what to do, can give you everything that you need in that situation. So he's doing, and Paul tells us in Corinthians, this is a little bit lengthier passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 16. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. I should have ate another cinnamon roll today. That's not in the verse. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Okay, so again, we're not talking about humanism, but understand there's the, there's the kernel of truth inside a lot of things. And you just need to look inside yourself if you've got the Holy Ghost. Not inside your humanity. But it says, the Spirit searcheth the deep things of God. You want to know the mysteries and deep things of God? You've got the Holy Ghost. You can know them. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man. If I, if, he's saying, if you want to know somebody, you need to figure out their spirit. And you have the spirit of God in you. Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God essentially knows who God is. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, the Holy Ghost that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. 
That means God is not trying to withhold all this information from us and keep us in the dark about things. No, there's, if we have the Spirit of God, then we can know what God is doing. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Here we go. Here we go. So maybe the reason I'm not quite getting what God is saying is because I'm trying to understand it with the natural man. Well, that doesn't make sense. Well, Scripture tells you it's not going to make sense. Quit trying to think about it in the natural sense. For they are foolishness unto him. Foolishness. How many of you have ever had God speak to you and tell you something and you thought, that's just dumb? You didn't say that because you knew it was God, but you're thinking, well, that's crazy. Think about all the people in Scripture. I mean, just think about Noah. We heard Brother Gene preach about it. I mean, go build an ark. That's just dumb. I mean, that's dumb. Think of all the things in Scripture go, that, that, that really made no sense when I think about them in the natural sense. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. How do you have the mind of Christ? The Holy Ghost. How do you know God? It tells us the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God. So I have the Holy Ghost so I can have the mind of Christ. This Holy Ghost allows us to know God because we have His Spirit. It allows us to know the things which are freely given to us. It allows us to have access to the mind of God. It allows that person who has the Holy Ghost, it says, to judge, to discern certain things. I'm not sure if this is right or wrong. Look within yourself. Why don't you pray about it and ask the Holy Ghost? Because you have the ability to, to judge and discern things. It allows us to speak with wisdom. Well, I'm just not sure what to say in this situation. Pray about it. Because the words to say are in you if you have the Holy Ghost. I, I still don't think we comprehend that when Jesus said, I'm going to send you uh, uh, the Comforter, the, the, we, talk, we mentioned it briefly last week, He said, I'm going to send you the same as what you see here. Speaking of Himself. So maybe it would help us if we just thought, well, actually, Jesus is standing right next to me. And then it, maybe you even have to do it at first, just do it, and then people think you're crazy and probably leave you alone and say, what do, what do you think? Just like he was really there. Because him really there is him really in you. Like, there is no difference according to the language we find in Scripture. And so I have that within me. I have that wisdom within me. It allows me, when I have the Holy Ghost, it allows me to search the depths of God's character, God's personality, the deep things of God. I have that opportunity if I'm willing to unwrap that part of the gift. In fact, this, this passage right here has enough layers to keep us busy unwrapping for quite a while these aspects that the Holy Ghost brings. And I look at it, I read at it, and then I take my own life and I think, wow, man, I really need to work on unwrapping the Holy Ghost in my own life. It also lets me know that the answers to my problems lies within, not without. Now, I understand, Scripture says there's counsel, and, and the foolish man is one that doesn't seek counsel. So, it's fine. But I wonder what would happen. 
we won't get off on that. I'll just stick to what it says here. What would happen if I touched the Spirit first before I even asked for counsel? You see, because the easy thing is to go up and ask a few people, what would you do? And, and, and do you really want to know what they would do? Or are you wanting them to go pray about it and find out what you should do from the Lord? That's really what we want. Yeah? Well, I'll go ask Pastor Gene. I'll go give him my problems, and then I'll have him pray about it, and then I'll come back a week later, and then I'll ask him, what did the Lord tell you? Okay, let's go all the way back. Who has more Holy Ghost, him or you? Oh, If we receive the fullness of the Holy Ghost, now I understand. Scripture says there's, there's, it's good to have counsel. It's good, that's a good thing. But I think sometimes we negate even letting the Spirit tell us anything. We just want someone else to do it for us. Well, anyway, we'll just move on. Because we've got to move on. The Holy Ghost is telling me. There's something else. Actually, that was the clock. There's something else contained within John's words, though. In John chapter 14 and verse 26, we're going to read that verse one more time. It says, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. So we've got that. And he will bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. Now, I, I've used this verse before, and I've never, the Lord brought to my remembrance. I've never really considered that passage, that phrase there, and bring all things to your remembrance. Because I know the Spirit can teach me all things, but what about the remembrance? How many of you have some memory problems? How many of you can't remember if you've got memory problems? I'm, I'm the kind that everything has to like go in the same place every time. And if, it's, if, if my keys usually go here and I set them here, I could be lost for a week. No joke. So I have to put everything in the same place. I, gotta, I have to do that or else I'll just forget things. But not only does the Holy Ghost teach us, but it brings all things to our remembrance. That means that even though I don't possess a photographic memory, even though I'm not able to hear, uh, uh, remember everything that I hear, there's something inside of me that does. I did read the story about this, this lady uh, from the age of eight. Something happened, her family moved. Uh, and, and from 1980 until today, she can tell you everything that happened in her life. Like you can ask her any day of any year and she'll tell you exactly what happened. I think there's like 60 people in the world that are like that, that they know of. There's not too many people like that. But there's something inside you and, you and I which can bring to our remembrance. That's why I can be in the middle of a circumstance, I can be in the middle of a situation and something's taking place and all of a sudden... A word will come to me, or a sermon, or a verse I've read. It comes to my mind, and it fits exactly in the middle of the situation. How many of you had that happen before? Like all of a sudden, you, if someone would have asked you 10 minutes after church what the message was, you couldn't have remembered. But then three weeks later, all of a sudden, something happened, and you're like, wow, that, oh, okay. And that fits right now. You think that was you? No, because you couldn't remember 10 minutes after it was, anyway. The Holy Ghost can bring all things to my remembrance. Now, this is not something that I have so that, you know what, I now never have to make another list. I now, when I walk in the door, can just throw my stuff everywhere, and then before I leave, say, Lord, show me where everything is, and I just walk around and pick up my keys and my wallet and everything. No, that's not what it's for. But it is so that I can recollect things that God has spoken or done in my life. 
The psalmist puts it this way in Psalm 63. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. How many of you want to be satisfied with some fatness? And my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches because thou hast been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. He's saying this when I think about you, when I'm laying awake at night and I can't sleep and I begin to meditate on you in the night watches. I begin to remember what you have done and what you have said in my life. How that you have helped me in situations before, how you have brought me through in situations before. This is how David made it through some of the situations he went through. In 1 Samuel uh, chapter 30, we find the story where uh, he has left, him and his soldiers, they have left and they came back to where they had left their wife and their kids, their wives and their kids, and the town had been destroyed, and their wives and children had been captured. And this is where we find David in verse six says, "And David was greatly distressed, as you would be, because the people all got mad at him too, and they spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God." Now, you've heard that phrase before. You just need to encourage yourself. Understand where that scripture's coming from. Does it get much worse than your family's been kidnapped? And that everyone around you, their families have been kidnapped. And really, it all comes back to you. And they're all upset, and they just want to stone you. That's, pretty, that's a pretty low point. And he encouraged himself in the Lord. How do you think he did that? Oh, I'm just so happy. Oh, just think positive thoughts. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. I'm good enough. He find himself a mirror and say, uh, what do you think he did to encourage himself? How do, you, how do you pull yourself? Think of the situations you've been in, and you didn't think you could pull yourself out of it. Now put yourself, how does he pull himself out of that? Now I understand David was not full of the Holy Ghost. He did not have it in dwelling, but we know that the Holy Ghost moved upon people. It moved through people throughout the Old Testament. I would venture to say that at this point, the Holy Ghost did something in his life and began to bring to remembrance what the Lord had done in his life before. It wasn't just a power of positive thinking that convinced him that it's going to be all right. No, I believe something supernatural happened to David that he could encourage himself. And you need to remember that in your situation when you think it can't get any worse, it can't, all this stuff's happening. You need to unwrap the Holy Ghost and not just let it teach you, but let it bring to your remembrance things that God has already done for you in your life, things that God has spoke to you in your life. When it seems like your kids can't get any farther away from God, you need to allow the Holy Ghost to remind you of the promises and what He spoke to you. David remembered what God has done. And this is not something that we just remember by ourselves, but we have the Holy Ghost that helps us remember these things. I wonder how my approach to situations would change if I would start letting the Holy Ghost just remind me of how great God is in the middle of my situation. Because all of a sudden, when, when, when a situation like that hits and your family's kidnapped or phone call comes or you get a report from something, it's hard to get your mind off of it. You know, it's like when you start feeling sick and think you're going to throw up. You can't think about anything else but throwing up. When something bad happens, that's all you can think about. You need, it's hard to turn your own mind. You need the power of the Holy Ghost to begin to reach into your mind and begin to remind you of some things. 
You see, there's so many little details that you and I have forgotten about what God has done in our life. There are so many little things throughout our entire history that that God has ordained, and yet as time passes, we forgot. But the Holy Ghost doesn't just teach me new things. It helps me remember the old things, the works that God has done, the words that He has spoke, the things that He has already performed. So in the middle of whatever situation I'm in, if I'm in a situation as bad as David, you know what I can do? I can, within myself, have my own popcorn testimony service. I just need the church to gather around me. And I, the church is, that's, what it, that's part of the functions of it. But what if the church isn't there? What do I do? You have testimonies built into the Holy Ghost. Wow. How many of you like a good testimony service? People get up and they start saying all the things the Lord's done. What would happen if all of a sudden, in the middle of my situation, in the middle when it seems darkest, all of a sudden, things just begin popping into my mind? Well, well, remember when the Lord did this? I can't, I'd forgotten all about that. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost begins to bring to my remembrance. That old song says, when I look back over my life and think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed. I have a testimony. Now, we know our big testimony, but what about all the little testimonies that we forget about? You know what? The great thing is when I have the Holy Ghost, it's not just lost, it's not just forgotten. The Holy Ghost can be there to remind me of every little detail in my life. I would venture to say that there's some people in here today that you're in the middle of circumstances that you need to let the Holy Ghost remind you of some things this morning. You need a restoration of the joy of your salvation. You know what? The Holy Ghost can remember what it felt like to get the Holy Ghost. It can remember that joy. That's why the psalmist said, restoring to me the joy of my salvation. You know what? Sometimes I just need to remember what it feels like to be saved. In the middle of everything. And you know what? The Holy Ghost can do that. I need reminded of what it was like to be without God and to receive salvation in my life. I need the Holy Ghost to remind me that my sins are forgiven. I need the Holy Ghost to remind me that, there's a, that, that, that it can teach me, remind me of my future that's coming ahead. There's times of protection and provision in my life. There's a reminder of peace in my life when God swept through my life before. <clears throat> How many of you ever heard the phrase, so-and-so's forgotten more about whatever it is than you'll ever know? <laughs> How many of you said that to someone? No, I won't ask you that. That can honestly be said about the Holy Ghost, except it hasn't forgotten. Every testimony that you can remember, the Holy Ghost knows more. Now, I'm in, I, this last part here that I'm closing with, I think there's scripture for it, but I'll throw it off as my opinion. If you don't like it, you can throw it out. How about that? You can delete it off the CD or just skip it. Several times throughout scripture, we see that the Holy Ghost is connected with the word witness. Romans chapter 8 and verse 16 says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That's one of the benefits that I can wrap, that if I'm ever wondering how I'm in standing with God, I just need to let the Spirit move in my life again, and it connects with my Spirit and reminds me that I am a child of God. But it bears witness with our Spirit. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 6 is a, is a passage that has a lot involved with it, but we're only going to look at this one part. It says that this is He that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness because the Spirit is truth. We see in this circumstance as well that the Spirit has a job, it bears witness. 
In John chapter 15, verses 26 and 27, But when the Comforter is come, who I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify, or the same word is witness, he shall testify of me, and you also shall bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. So we see that there's these verses and others that, that take the Spirit and put this uh, uh, thing with it of witnessing or testifying, which we've looked at in our own personal lives, how the, the, the Holy Ghost can remind us in our own life of things that the Lord has done. One author said, in fact, that witnessing is the peculiar office of the Spirit. Now, when it says witnessing, it does not mean going out and knocking doors. It means testifying or it saw, like a witness in a court trial. That witnessing is the peculiar office of the Spirit. The part of the Spirit's role is to witness, to see things. Again, a witness is someone who can testify. Someone who was at the event and saw what took place. I was driving the other morning on my way to eat, and the two cars in front of me, the one was driving and the other one was just coming over, and neither one of them saw what was happening. And I mean, it got, it had to be as close as this podium they got. And I was behind them and I was running late and I thought, ain't nobody got time for this. So I just laid on my own horn. They didn't even know what was going on. And they pulled apart and I, man, I, I saved the day. No. <laughs> that has nothing to do with what I'm saying. I just want everyone to know that. But I thought, man, they get in a wreck. I'm going to have to stand here. I'm, I'm the car right behind them. I'm going to have to be a witness to this. I'm going to have to give a statement. And again, ain't nobody got time for that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you need, just need to get on Google and Google, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> but a witness is someone who saw something happen, who was right there. Now, the first time that we see the word spirit used in Scripture is in reference, in reference to God is found in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. We see that from the very start of creation, the Spirit was a witness. It saw what happened. It was there at the start of creation. Now stay with me here. This means that if he was there at the start of creation, the Holy Ghost has seen everything that has happened. It has seen everything that God has ever done because it was there. The Spirit of God was there because it was God. Now just go with me for a minute. So everything that God ever did, the Holy Ghost is a witness to it. The same Holy Ghost, the same Spirit that moved upon the face of the deep is the same Spirit that I have. So we've talked about how the Holy Ghost bears witness to things in my own life that I've even forgotten about. But it's the same Holy Ghost that is bear witness to the history of the world. The Holy Ghost inside of me was the Holy Ghost that moved upon the face of the deep. The Holy Ghost witnessed what it was like to hear the Word of God go forth into nothingness and suddenly see it come to pass. It, it, it saw what it was like when God said, let there be light, and there was light. The Holy Ghost witnessed a rod being stretched over the Red Sea and a Red Sea parting as deliverance was made. 
The Holy Ghost witnessed as a small boy picked up a, a stone and put it in the slingshot and saw a giant fall from just that one stone. The Holy Ghost witnessed a man spend a night in a lion's den and come out whole. This was the Holy Ghost that was there that saw a baby born in a stable who was the Messiah. This is the Holy Ghost that saw, came down over Jesus when he was baptized. It was the same Holy Ghost that saw the miracles of Jesus. It was the same Holy Ghost that was present that saw when Jesus led captivity captive after the cross. It was the same Holy Ghost that saw the ascension of Jesus. It was the same Holy Ghost that saw uh, Saul thrown to, from, the, from his horse onto the ground by a shining light. It was the same Jesus that saw all the miracles we read in Acts. The same Holy Ghost. Think about that. So how can I have faith in the middle of my situation? (laughs) Because the Holy Ghost is not just reminding me of how God worked in my life, but it bears witness to what God has done in every life. You see, when I'm in the middle of a situation, it's not just a secondhand story that I can read off the page, but something within me all of a sudden can, can bears witness to what it felt like for Daniel in the lion's den. That peace that he had in the middle of everything. Suddenly, there's something within me saying, Hey, I was there. I know what that was like. Let me, let me help you feel what that was like. When I'm facing a giant, a circumstance I can't, I can't conquer by myself. Suddenly, something within me begins to bear. See, it's not just about my own experiences that God helped me through. It's the same Holy Ghost. And it can help me in every situation because all of a sudden, it's not just what God's done in my life. No, it's what God did in David's life. It's what he did in Daniel's life. It's what he did in your mom and dad's life. It's what he did in your grandparents' life. All of a sudden, all of this can help me in the middle of my circumstance. So that's how I can make it through because it's the same Holy Ghost that's witnessing to me. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. They're all witnesses. Let us lay aside every way in the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Everyone in those stands, you read Hebrews chapter 11, and obviously there's more than just those people in the stands. There's a great cloud. Do you know what the common thread is that, that witnessed everything? The Holy Ghost. Do you know why you can make it? Because they all made it, and the same Holy Ghost that helped them through is inside of me. So, you see, when I think of the great cloud of witnesses, I think, oh, I just hear their cheers. Rudy, Rudy, no. And I I get pumped up. I I get chills. No, no, there's something deeper than that going on. It's the same Holy Ghost. Says, I was there at that moment. And I'm inside of you. And I know how that person felt. I know what was taking place. And you know what? I saw God deliver I saw God set free. I saw God make a way. I saw God bring peace. And so you know what? I'm going to testify to you within your own spirit that you know what? You can make it too. You can conquer it too. You can step out in faith and God will help you too in the situation. God can heal you as well because I saw him do it back then and I witnessed it and so I'm testifying of it to you today. 
It witnesses to me that the same faithful God that was with Abraham is with me too. I can trust in him. It testifies to me that God who forgave all of Peter's denials and erased his shame can do the same in my own life too. It testifies to me that the same power that that touched blinded eyes and lame man rose up to walk, that same power can flow through me and touch others and even heal myself because I have the same witness inside of me. I wonder what would happen if we would suddenly look within to the Holy Ghost. If we would suddenly unwrap the witness that has been placed inside. I look like Superman. Unwrap the witness that's been placed inside of me. The testimony that the Spirit is trying to tell you today in the middle of your circumstance. I don't know if I can do that. I'm not sure if I can make it. The circumstance is too big. I don't know if God really wants me to do this thing. I I don't know if I have the ability. You know, there's a testimony inside of you. There's a witness inside of you that's saying, I've seen God do it before, not just in your life, but look at all the lives. And I was there at that moment, and I know that God can bring you through, that God can do all things. I want us to stand this morning. I pray that God would bring all things to remembrance to someone today. You see, He said all things which He has said and done. Everything. He can teach you anything and He can bring anything to your remembrance. I wonder what would happen if all of a sudden, maybe there's someone that's, that, that, that uh, in your spirit, you're in the wine press. You're shucking corn in the wine press. And the Spirit's trying to say, come on warrior, come on man of God. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know what? There's a spirit that testifies that says, you know what? I saw what happened. He went from 36,000 men or 32,000, I can't remember, to, to this many, to 300 men, and God defeated 186,000 Midianites. You can do it too. It's not just that, well, I've never done it before. No, but somebody's been in that circumstance, and the same witness that was saw God do all that stuff is inside of you today. Well, I don't know if God can heal. I don't know if God can bring to pass. I don't know if God can do this. No, let the testimony, let the witness of the Spirit bring to your remembrance all the things that it has seen and challenge you in your life. I want us to pray this morning, Lord Jesus.